Hello and welcome to the Get Started with Film Photography podcast. My name is Graham Young. This is the second part of at least a three-part series on buying your first rangefinder. In the first part of this series, I give an overview of what a rangefinder is. Then I talk extensively about the early models of the luxury interchangeable lens professional models. In this episode, I finish up talking about Leica cameras, and then I talk also about some other brands of cameras that use the M-mount system. And they are also interchangeable lens, professional level, luxury rangefinder cameras. Now there is one more Leica M-mount camera I want to talk about, and it is the Leica CL. CL stands for Compact Leica. And it was a camera that was the other half of the deal of Minolta giving Leica the technology knowledge base of single lens reflex cameras when Minolta said, we want a rangefinder. So there were two sister cameras, the Minolta CL and the Leica CL. They were Leica engineered rangefinders. So the Leica CL and the Minolta CL are essentially the same camera. Minolta continued to develop that line with the Minolta CLE, which is the E stands for electronic, and it had aperture priority metering. Now, the C, both of the CLs, the Minolta CL and the Leica CL, have light meters, but they're just match needle light meters. They're just, you're just matching a needle. Now, there's some other brands of M-mount cameras that are out there. Konica made one called the Konica RF. And the Konica RF, it was made in the 80s or, or maybe even the early 90s. It has electronic aperture priority metering. And it is, I believe it also might even have mechanical advance. Like you don't even have to advance it. It's advanced by the by a motor in the camera. And it is regarded as a very high quality camera. Now it came with a mount that they call the KM mount, the K for Konica M mount camera. They say it's a little bit different. They're never guaranteed that their lenses would work on any Leica cameras, like Leica M mount cameras, but they all did. So you don't have any problem interchanging uh, Konica M-mount with the Leica M-mount. Now, Cosina was a company that for a very long time in Japan made their money by making cameras for other camera manufacturers. They would either design their own cameras and build them with different names like I have a Minolta that I will be talking about actually in the second half of this episode. A Minolta Hymatic 7S2. And I have a Vivitar 35ES. There is also a Konica Auto S3. And there is one that was also made for Germany. For Germany, I think it's the Review 400 SE. It's all the same camera. It is all the same camera. There are very, very slight differences. They were all made by Cosina. So Cosina made a lot of cameras for other camera manufacturers and and would just brand them under uh, other companies' brand. And that was okay. That was something that was fairly common. So it was very common 
for companies to come to Cosina and have uh, a, a camera uh, manufactured for them. In fact, um, I have a, I have a Vivitar 35 millimeter uh, SLR that I just got the other day for almost nothing. And it ha- it is a Cosina made camera and it is a cousin to the Nikon F10. So y- y- you get the idea that these they're a company that made a lot of different cameras. The problem was that the Cosina name was not the name of a precision company. So they bought the Voigtlander brand. Voigtlander was an independent company for like 250 years or 225 years, something like that. It was a German company. They went out of business and the German company Roly bought their name. Then Roly went out of business and Cosina bought the Voigtlander name from Roly or maybe from somebody, some other intermediary, but they bought the rights to the Voigtlander name. And Voigtlander had a legacy camera name called Bessa. And the Bessas were actually 120 six by nine cameras and they were folding, folding rangefinder or scale focus cameras that were really excellent. So Cosina decided they were going to make an M mount camera. And this is early, this is in in the the late nineties. They decide that they're going to do this. And so they start making a series of cameras using the Voigtlander Bessa name. And it's Voigtlander Bessa plus a letter. So the first model was a Voigtlander Bessa L. It was a like a thread mount camera, but it had no finder and it had no range finder. So you had to supply a range finder and it had to supply a viewfinder. But it would accept all of those like a thread mounts. Then there was the Bessa T, which was an M mount camera. It had no finder but it did have a coupled rangefinder. So it had this very tightly focused rangefinder system, but you would have to put on your own viewfinder in order to view any particular focal length of lens that you wanted to use on it. And that's not a problem. There are many viewfinders that were made over the years. So you can certainly find aftermarket or, you know, really actually before market external shoe mounted or accessory mounted viewfinders. Then they came out with the Bessa R. Now the Bessa R was a like a thread mount camera. It had a coupled rangefinder in the viewfinder. So it had it was just like an M3 and then it had a rangefinder in the viewfinder, but it had a plastic body. One thing it had that balanced out that plastic body was a built-in light meter. Now these, I want to point out, these things sold for less than $1,000. They were made with electronics from this century, and they are, you know, pretty good solid cameras. Then there was the Bessa R2. It was the same as the Bessa R, but it was an M mount rather than than a like a thread mount. And it also had a metal body as opposed to the plastic body too. And it also had the built-in light meter. So it was really convenient and it was actually a pretty sought after camera. I'm going to go ahead and take a break at this point. I'll be back right after this.
Then Cosina thought, there are other mounts out there. They made the Bessa R2S, which is the same as the Nikon S-series rangefinder from the 1950s, and the Bessa R2C, which used the same mount as the Contax of the 1930s through the 1960s. Now, there must be some difference in there that they wanted to... They're very similar mounts, I know that, but um, they may not be absolutely interchangeable. So... Once again, be very sure that you do the research into that if that's where you want to go. Then Cosina released a series of three cameras pretty much all at the same time. It was the Bessa R2M, the Bessa R3M, and the Bessa R4M. The M means that they had a manual shutter system. That meant the shutter was cocked by film advance lever and its shutter speeds were adjusted by a mechanical system. There's no electronics in that part, even though it has an electronic uncoupled light meter, which means that you have to make adjustments to both the shutter speed and the aperture in order to make that light meter happy. The version, the two version, the three version, and the four version were different in the frame lines that were within the camera, and the viewfinder magnification amount. The 2 series, the Leica R2 series, had viewfinders for the 35mm lens, a 50mm lens, a 75mm lens, and a 90mm lens. This was general use, slightly wide to slightly tele. That's a pretty standard set of lenses that people would use. The 3 series has bright lines for a 40 millimeter, a 50 millimeter, a 75, and a 90 millimeter. And it has a viewfinder that is one. It is 100%. Uh, it's a one-to-one -one of what you see, meaning there's no magnification at all. There's no magnification factor. So it is very easy to frame ahead of time in your mind and then bring that camera up to your eye. And then what you see is what you see through that, that um, viewfinder. It's very easy to see. Now, this was designed really for people who wanted to use more tele-end. It has a 40 millimeter lens that I would contend is pretty close to, to normal. 50 millimeter lens, other people say is normal. And then a 75 and a 90. So it doesn't really have a wide angle lens. The 4 series of the Bessa has a wide viewfinder. I think it has a 0.58 magnification viewfinder. And it has bright lines for a 21mm, a 25mm, a 28mm, a 35mm, and a 50mm. So it's all about people who are excited to use wide-angle lenses. Then after the R2M, R3M, and R4M, Cosina came out with the R2A, R3A, R4A. They are exactly the same as the R2M series, the RM series, except that they have aperture priority. They are, have an automatic shutter system. They have an electronically controlled shutter system. So you can use aperture priority adjust the aperture, and the shutter speed will change in proportion to that aperture. So a lot of people like the A-series. I prefer the M-series, 
in that it only needs a battery for the light meter. I can use it without needing those batteries at all, without needing any power to that camera. And all I have to do is Sunny 16 it. Production ceased of the Cosina Voigtlander bodies in 2015. The most recently made M-mount cameras other than the M7 is this series of Cosina Voigtlander cameras. They sold new for about $750 versus $4,000 for the M7. There are many that are still on the market. Now, it is not a Leica. It doesn't have the same feel as a Leica. It is uh, a camera that has many more plastic parts. It is not as refined, but you can shoot all of that Leica lens series using this camera with a light meter for much, much cheaper. And that was the reason why I got into them. Now, I have a couple of notes about shooting professional or luxury rangefinder cameras. Many of them, especially the early ones and the German ones, are bottom loading, which means that the bottom plate comes off and then you have to slide the film up and get it on the take-up reel without really having much access to the interior of the camera. And that can be very, very difficult. Leica M3 model, or excuse me, the Leica M2 model that I have has a modified back where there's a door that flips up. So you, you have much more control. I don't really have any trouble loading it, but I do know people have trouble loading like the three series of cameras. Now, the other option is the whole back comes off. So the bottom and the back come completely off like the Leica CL camera. And that gives you much more access, but it's still a little bit odd. Now, some of the Japanese models, including the Cosina Voigtlander series and the Canon models, had what we would consider a normal swing open door. And those make it much easier to load. Another thing to know is only the later models have a light meter. You could buy an accessory light meter that would sit on the accessory shoe at the top. The problem with that was it really throws off the balance of the camera. And I bought a Leica M4 at one point that had a light meter, and I was determined to use the light meter. And I did not like the feel of the camera. I didn't really actually even give it a chance, you know, of of shooting it without the light meter on it. And I just didn't like the balance of the camera, so I sold it on. I made a profit. I bought it for a very good price. And I was very lucky in that. Um, And I knew when I bought it, I was buying it for a very good price. I really wish I would have given it more chance without the light meter. Now, you can always use an external light meter, a handheld light meter. You can use a light meter app for your for your smartphone. Or you can use what I use most of the time, Sunny 16, which is just essentially using your eyes for a light meter. Not all cameras will accept all lenses from the point of view with showing the bright lines as previews in the viewfinder. That can be a very difficult thing for a lot of uh, a lot of early users for these cameras. And part of the deal is that if it's not showing you where the edge of the frame is, you don't generally know what the edge of the frame is. So like I have a 40 millimeter lens that I use on my Leica M2, 
Well, it has a 35 millimeter and it has a 50 millimeter frame line. It doesn't really have that 40 millimeter frame line. So I kind of do a little bit of guessing. I'm pretty good at it because I have a lot of practice. So just be aware that you may get a lens and camera combination for which you don't have the bright lines or you're, or it's got a very, very wide angle lens and it is outside that viewfinder possibility. That is one of the advantages of the single lens reflex is that the single lens reflex shows you what that lens sees. So you don't have to worry about predicting where the edge of the frame is. Well, it seems that I've had to break this episode up into many different parts. So this is the end of this part. I do have more parts to come. I will talk about consumer holiday rangefinder cameras and uh, just stay tuned. I've got more to come. If you have any questions, I have a once monthly podcast of questions and answers. If you have a question, go to the website, getstartedwithfilm.com and fill out the form. Or send me an email, graham at getstartedwithfilm.com. And that's spelled G-R-A-H-A-M at getstartedwithfilm.com. And put in the subject line whatever the subject of the question is, so I know how to organize each question. If you are on Instagram, you can follow the feed of the show at getstartedwithfilm. If you hashtag your posts, getstartedwithfilm, I have a pretty good chance of seeing your work, and I might feature it in the show's feed. Our music comes from filmmusic.io. This track is Poofy Real by Kevin McLeod of Incomptech.com, and it's licensed through Creative Commons.